my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I am one of your hosts, Chris, and my co-host and very good friend is Dave. Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, what are we going to review this week? So, Dave, it was my pick this week. And I've got a list there of movies that I'm thinking I'm going to try and impose on Dave. You may have seen some of them, may have not. So I went with the Patrick Swayze, Helen Hunt, Bill Paxton, Liam Neeson, and Ben Stiller, Dave. So you're thinking, (laughs) this is going to be a classic. It's from 1989, and it's called Next of Kin. And this was made around about or just after Roadhouse, Dave. So have you ever seen this one before? I have not. I've not even ever heard of it. And that is so weird because, you know, around 89, Swayze was at the peak of his powers, wasn't he? You know, you had Roadhouse, I think Ghost was Ghost a little bit after, wasn't it? You know, you'd had Dirty Dancing. And this one has just completely not been on my radar at all. I mean, classic. Hmm, Let's come back to that one. (laughs) 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 But um, no, I'm actually delighted you picked this one. This is a, this is a fucking cracker to pick Chris, because the cast is unbelievable because it's got one of the Baldwins as well, isn't it? Which one? Um, Adam Baldwin. I mean, fucking hell, can't, everyone's an A Baldwin, aren't they? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I saw the cast before I started watching it. I'm like, fucking hell, how, is, how have I not seen this at all? And the thing is, when you look at the VHS cover, Chris, you know my aversion to westerns. And I look at the cover and I think, western. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And everything. (laughs) And I didn't look at the synopsis or description or anything. And so I'm thinking I'm walking into, you know, some kind of late 80s Western. And I'm like, yeah, this would be, if I saw this in the video shop, I would just scoot on right past it. I just would not be interested. It's like fucking North and South or something like that. I just wouldn't be interested so it makes sense to me why i've had a bit of a blind spot for this one but i had no idea it's basically fucking hillbillies versus the mafia isn't it (laughs) (laughs) hence why i loved it dave no no as a kid you know yeah it's interesting you say that because you're right it fucking swayze's got on this fucking uh trilby fucking hat honey i don't know why i don't know what it signifies but he's got this hat on throughout the movie hasn't it? he's and- like a cowboy he's a cowboy and he's from kentucky but he's in chicago so it's it's you know different cultures and stuff i think i think the hat is just to show that he's a southerner i think to be honest <laughs> like dave Let's be honest, that's not the only thing to try and show us a something in this fucking movie. But anyway, shall we get into our fucking re- review, even? <laughs> Let's go. Love you. You believe in hereafter, <laughs> and you know what I'm here after. 
Patrick Swayze is Detective Truman Gates. He's a country boy. We are gonna find Gerald's killer. But he's got some unfinished business in the city. Howdy. I want the man who pulled the trigger. I don't like this, Joy. The family killed his brother. A life for a life. Amen. But they never counted on his next of kin. If you mess with my brother, you mess with me. Settle this. Now. Anywhere we want! When these boys head for the city, someone better head for the hills. We ain't seen bad yet, but it's coming. Next of kin. Truman Gates, a former U.S. Army Airborne Ranger, raised in Appalachia, migrates to Chicago to become a police officer. Married to Jesse, who is pregnant, he has made the transition from hillbilly to respectable lawman. <laughs> now, Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this movie? <laughs> well, Dave, I have stitched myself up on numerous occasions <laughs> recently when it comes to fucking movies. And this one is a fucking doozy. I have absolutely ruined and wasted my fucking pick. Well, other than me and you talking about it, because I can't wait to hear your opinion. But this has got some of the worst southern accents I have ever ever seen in a movie bill paxton's fucking southern accent swayze liam neeson he's still he's not going full sean connery in fucking highlander playing a fucking portuguese or whatever he's fucking thinking but he's still got his scottish accent he does try but my fucking god this movie shot like a channel five or a hallmark movie it's proper i mean 12 million budget 15 million it made says it all it's not what I remember, Dave. I remember this being like, like I always thought it was up there with Roadhouse, you know, as a kid, because I, I rented this a few times, but fuck a doodle do have I done myself with this. <laughs> well, Chris, I don't actually think it's that bad, but it threw me a loop at the start because you open up and basically you've got these cops and they're all a bunch of Chicago arsehole cops, aren't they? They're, they're trying to... You've got this guy holding up, uh, you know, and he's shot or he's taking some people hostage or whatever. And I almost think like he's come in with his roadhouse persona here, you know, yeah, Yeah, you've (laughs) got to be nice until it's time to not be nice. But, you know, with the guy, he's, he's generating a bit of a rapport, you know, he just happens to be a southerner as well. And, you know, so rather than coming out with the violence, you know, he, he kind of talks him down. But then you have the cops and they, they start fucking laying into this guy and then he, he gets the uh, he gets the rage on himself, doesn't he? Old Truman Gates and he's fucking <laughs> <laughs> he pins down the cop and he, you can tell he's like a very highly principled character. So I thought he did a, a decent job actually of showing what what is this character all about. I mean the like you say the fucking accents. I mean he's from Texas, so it shouldn't have been that hard. It's like it's like you trying to do a, a slightly different Manchester accent. <laughs> <laughs> Paxton's those fucking yeah, terrible. Yeah, this is terrible. Fuck, no wonder he gets killed at the start. Fucking hell, he's terrible, Dave. Yeah, oh, yeah. But I agree, it's that classic 
he, he basically he's almost like a bit of a Martin Riggs, isn't he? He's not as Martin Riggs yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, it's that he's on the edge, you know, he's psychotic, but he's trying to hold it together. But they, I just think they completely stereotype everyone from the south of fucking of America. The deep south is just these absolute hillbilly, as they call them, hick towns and all. It's just like they're so disrespectful, and it's just like yeah. it's like this this guy's held people also he's got a shotgun and all Truman has to do is come in and he knows who he is and he even lives in the same area I'm like fuck <laughs> me and all that guy outside who looks about 70 the cops goes, you better fucking shut this out Truman or I'm gonna go in there and I'm like mate you look like you need to fucking retire you're doing fuck all and he's just so disrespectful to that that part of America I mean that's not me trying to fucking you know think but it's just ridiculous Ridiculous! It makes them look like they're fucking. They've been living in some like um, environment, and they've just come out to play, sort of thing, from the deep. So it's like, oh, why are these people? You know, you can tell he's from the south. You know, and it's it's just it's weird. But yes, what got me was the way it's shot because it, it's got that sort of Vaseline effect on the screen, like these Hallmark TV show movies. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's some really bad bits in this where it's like it's really shot badly, and I. I've got to call out Swayze, Dave. I love fucking. I love Dalton. I love Dirty Dancing, and Ghost as well. I, and it was a toss up between this and Ghost, and I'm like, <laughs> you bellend, Chris. He's <laughs> acting. I mean, Helen Hunt's his missus, a violin fucking teacher, and I'm like, why? Why have you picked this this as a career? It just she looks like she's about fifty in this, doesn't she? They've dressed her up like. I mean, she obviously looks about mid twenties. Yeah. She looks proper old but the whole premise of it is obviously gerald his younger brother who he has a dialogue bit with and gerald drops in there about briar who's liam neeson's character he goes you know it's like being in between two superpowers you know because they're both big macho guys and this gerald gets a job at like the slot machine things and then from nowhere the main gangster this joey rosalini who's under papa john dave kept thinking of pizzas all the way through i've got to be honest <laughs> papa john isabella this papa john's near my house and they just decide to go and hold up this fucking truck, put two car deep mafia. One of the heads of a mafia gang is not yeah. going to chase after <laughs> a fucking <laughs> a looting fucking van. That's got nothing in it anyway. There's nothing in the back of it. It's weird, but we do get to see Ben Stiller, don't we, a little bit just before this. And then he goes on this little heist to find out what it's like, Dave, to work within the family. So, I mean, what did you think of all that? Because I thought it was fucking rubbish. Well, the, <laughs> I I didn't think it was terrible, to be honest. I, I thought it was all right. But it was like one of those TV movies. Yes. You know, that you just catch and you're just like, oh, what's this? Oh, I recognize some people. Oh, fucking hell, it's Ben Stiller. How, how young does he look in the background there? Um, but it, it definitely it, it has that cheap feel to it. Now, it costs. 12 million now i don't know if they snorted most of that or what but you know i don't understand exactly where the budget went on there or maybe because it's you know you have got some recognized names i mean i don't think anyone's recognizing ben stiller at this point but no. you know you've got swayze there like say bill paxton he'd been in a few things liam neeson been in a few things by this point I mean, Helen Hunt, you mentioned, I mean, she could have been just anyone. It was just a throwaway character. She was just, she was just there for Truman to, to basically, uh, to build up Truman's character, wasn't she? But, um, yeah, I, I'm looking, Chris, this was directed by John Irvin. 
who's from Newcastle. And he also directed, before this, he directed Raw Deal in oh, 86. Classic. Yeah. Hamburger Hill yeah, in 87. Yeah, Army One, yeah. And then it seemed to drop off for him because it, it's after that, it's Next of Kin, Eminent Domain, never heard of, but it's no. got Donald Sutherland in. And then uh, 1991, Robin Hood. But the not L. the uh, not the oh not the chemicals <laughs> not Prince the of Thieves not that one, one. <laughs> <laughs> I would do anything for love is it some sort oh, no, of British Brian one Adams, wasn't it? yeah yeah and then it all seems to go wrong for him so I, I have to say I think I think this movie might have killed his career a little bit I mean he's done plenty of things after I just don't recognise any of them but like say Raw Deal and Hamburger Hill I mean two massive. Movies out of the eighties, so yeah, I'd never heard of this bloke before. No, and, and it, it's interesting that actually, Dave, because I think when you watch the film and Gerald gets killed, and they put him in the back of the truck, and Ben Stiller's character's there, you know, and he's like, you know, you need to see what it's like and all this, and this fucking Joey Rosalini's just a bastard, isn't he? He's a horrible mm. guy. Isn't he the same guy? I'm going to be wrong here because I got this wrong. But isn't he, I'm sure he's the same guy. Out, is he not his mate in Ghost? Who tries it on with Demi Moore? Uh, no, nothing no. like him. Okay, fair enough. I'll ignore that transmission. Then just carry on, Chris. Anyway, um, so let's let's just ignore that, Dave. But so he, he's been in. Uh, he was in Full Metal Jacket. You know, yes, talking I about saw Hamburger that. Hill. But yeah. um, oh, I need to watch that as well. You know, fucking great, great film, film that one. This is oh, my wobbling this is now. My, on my next pick, but what um, a film that is. Oh, yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio's fucking Private Pile as well. What a film. Oh, oh. Oh, fucking hell. No, no, I'm sticking to it. I, I've Th- got to pick. Tell me. I, I, but, don't but tell Full me. Metal Jacket, w- w- I've got to pick that at some point. But fucking great film. I, yeah, I'm with you yeah. on that. What, but yeah, so so I think with this, what struck me was, as you said, it's the cheapo fucking production. Other than when, when Swayze is on the screen, everything is, is about him in it. And he's the main star. Obviously, he's, he's, he's starring... He's shining bright at this point in his actual career. I get it completely. Roadhouse, what a fucking film. What a great film. But yeah. it's weird that I always, Roadhouse was before this. Roadhouse mm. was before Ghost. And after Ghost, he went straight into Point Break. You know, it's like what different characters he played, you know, completely mm. different all over the place. But, yeah, I, I, this Joey Rosalini, he just chews up the scenery, doesn't he? He's the fucking, <laughs> yeah. you know, the hammy, hammiest gangster. And I think what I struggle with is when he gets killed and they go back to like, you know, Kentucky for the funeral and everything. And she's there playing the the violin for the family because she's a violin teacher. It's fucking Liam Neeson's character, Briar. Oh, it's It's brilliant. (laughs) He's like trying. He's got very little words because he's trying. He obviously can't do a deep South accent. He's trying not to throw his Northern Ireland accent out there, but it comes through, doesn't it, Dave? It comes through. And he's just, he's got the beard. It's almost like an Amish beard. He's got the beard there, everything. He looks all disheveled done he and he's like the, the oldest one and they had this big falling out and oh honestly i was just like this is as cliche as you can get but some <laughs> of the dialogue is fucking rubbish the dialogue is terrible at times some of the shit that swayze says he's rubbish <laughs> you know i think one of the greatest crimes that this movie commits it is more by um, the the costume design and stuff, or, or not the costume. Let's face it, Swayze's hair, right, is oh legendary. 
In in fucking Roadhouse, in Dirty Dancing, it's yeah. just amazing. You you would chop off your right arm to have hair like that back in the day. But in this, it just looks shit. And oh like, even God. from the front, I think it, whatever he's doing with it, it doesn't look good. Maybe it's the hat hair thing going on, but it's the fucking rat tail ponytail. It looks like Rodney horrendous. out of Del- <laughs> Rodney Delmo, yeah. got the stuck on fucking ponytail. Do you think Cassandra thinks he's a rat? It's just, you're right, you messaged me, and I'd forgot. And he's a bit where he's got like a little rat's tail, but then he's got yeah. like a bit hanging down underneath as well. And he's, I'm like, what is going on here? The only time his hair looks any good, which looks a bit point breaky, Roadhouse is at the end. Because he's got it over his eyes, that Johnny look out of Dirty Dancing. You know, that yeah. he's got it when it's slicked back. Because obviously, the year later in Ghost, he has it a bit shorter, doesn't he? And he's got it slicked back. But fucking hell, Dave, I'm with you. It looks off-putting isn't even a fucking word. It's terrible. <laughs> but when Liam Neeson shows up, I mean, we'd watch Krull, hadn't we? And Liam yeah. Neeson's there. And he's just in the background. You're like, oh, fucking hell, it's Liam Neeson. You know, before he got famous kind of thing. I'm thinking I'm setting up for the same thing. I'm thinking Liam Neeson, oh, right, he's there, but, you know, not really done much. And then you, I, I'd said, I'd messaged about, um, you know, Swayze's hair, and you'd messaged me back, like, Briar Gates is a legend. And I'm like, <laughs> Briar Gates, who the fuck, who the fuck, Brian Gates? I'm like, who's that? Like, Liam Neeson. I'm like, this was before like literally about five minutes before he appeared on the screen. So he appears there and he's off to the side, isn't he? He's not even yeah. in the center shot. So I'm thinking, ah, just nice little cameo for him. So it was a big surprise when he turned out to be fucking John Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> fucking John Matrix, Crocodile Dundee. He's fucking, yeah. he's, he's fucking everyone in his John Rambo. It's, it's, ridiculous Dave isn't it it's absolutely ridiculous you know what Chris I didn't hate it and what I liked was up until this point you just see Swayze you know so um, Truman Gates he's just a cop and he seems to be good at his job you know he he seems to want to do the right thing but when he's contrasted to his brother Briar I think it makes it more interesting. Now, what I'd say is this this movie could do... If this was 90 minutes, the old famous 90-minute sweet spot, yeah. I think this would be a lot better movie. I think it's quite slow in places. But when you have those interactions between Swayze and Neeson, I think it actually gets better. And you see the way, you know... I mean, come on, it's a trope that's been done for ages. But between these two pretty legendary characters you know Swayze wants to play it by the book you know he wants to get evidence whereas Liam Neeson is just looking to take everyone out like say John Matrix style and I'm like (laughs) I quite like this and you can see that there's a history there as well you know they they kind of they obviously have this antagonistic relationship between each other but then when Truman tells him about, oh, you're going to be an uncle kind of thing. You know, it's like a sweet little moment between them, you know, beneath all of this bravado. So I I know I'm probably surprising you a little bit, but I kind of liked it. Well, 
it's interesting because I'll give you that. I will give you that. When when we get rid of all the slow shit in the movie, I think you've hit on a very good point there. There is good bits in it. I mean, I love the Mick Dundee bit where he's jumping from train to train. He's yeah. fucking brilliant. <laughs> Liam Neeson. And it is Liam Neeson. He's on top of a train there in Chicago. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know. They must have been, maybe they're going a bit slower than what was advertised. But there's a bit before it I'd be pissing myself because when Briar goes to the city, there's no real understanding why, you know, he hasn't really said, he, he said to Truman, we need to go and kill these people, you know, two for mm. an eye for an eye, two for a tooth and all this, and there's this blood oath and that. But he, he gets an apartment, and the guy who runs the apartment, who's been in loads of films, like, you know, he's got a comical face and everything, he's an old bloke. He No one knows oh, who yeah, Briar yeah. is. And fucking, he opened, he knocks on the door, and fucking Briar grabs him and throws him in the room like shut the door and i'm like <laughs> why the gangsters don't even know who you are at this point in the movie why are you bothered and he's looking out the window like they've got assassins with sniper rifles yeah. they're like but you've not done anything they don't even know you're in the fucking city of chicago why are you so on edge it made no sense to me that bit but i do agree when the action ramps up it does go full-on John Matrix, Lethal Weapon, that that is some of the redeeming qualities. However, I do think that, like, when they have... It, it reminded me a little bit of 48 Hours. You know, like, where they hate each mm. other, and then all of a sudden they have a fight, and there's that yeah, bit of respect, yeah. isn't there? Because when they have the... Lethal Weapon as well. Lethal Weapon, yeah. So when they have the, the fight in the bar, and nobody ring. I know he's a copper, but no one says anything. They wreck the fucking stage. There's a drum <laughs> kit wrecked. They fucking levering each other. And then it's sort of like, that's when the truce is, is there, isn't it? But the next scene, a Truman goes home to speak to his wife, and you can see these couple of cutscenes where she's teaching kids violin and everything. They've got a lovely house, by the way. Fuck me, how he affords that on a cocktail, don't I? That house <laughs> is like a fucking mansion. It's so... Now them windows must be a bastard to fucking clean. In but fucking Chicago In as Chicago, well. Dave. It's an unbelievable <laughs> house. But it's when he comes back to speak to her, and he's got no bruises on her face, because I'm expecting her to go, oh, what's happened here? And you know, to say, oh, it's Briar, you know, we've had a fight and that. And he just, there's nothing, there's not a scratch on his face. All the cuts and bruises yeah. from this fight have gone. Um, but yeah, I agree. It ramps up then because Joey becomes even more maniacal. He, at this point, he then kills Ben Stiller's character, doesn't he? He's yeah, the son yeah. of Papa John. And But what he does is they go to Briar's apartment. And, and the, the apartment reminds me, Dave, of where Elwood Blues is, because that's in Chicago, yeah. over the train yeah, station. Yeah. You know, the same thing again, where the, where the police go, John Candy, mm-hmm. blow, blow up the finger, and they find his shotgun underneath, and they use that then to frame Briar to say yeah. he's, he's killed his son. You know, I think it's Lawrence or whatever his, his son's called. But um, it, it's just, yeah, it, it, it does take a good twist, then, I'll give you that. But I just think when it's slow, there's nearly an hour of nothing. Yeah. And it's, it's when they meet up with Gerald's friend who is in the truck with him and they go to the bar, don't they? And he's yeah, being protected. Yeah. That's when it becomes a proper 80s action movie. And I think that's probably why I enjoyed it when I was younger because the, the, the last half hour is very good, I think. I think it's just proper 80s action. And like I say, Mick Dundee, fucking Liam Neeson's fucking fantastic, isn't he? He's just ridiculous. Yeah. And, and, and he's completely fearless, which I think is what I like about it. Completely not, they look fuck all like each other, Dave, as brothers. Even putting <laughs> yeah. a beard on him. Swayze is about a Five foot eight, and Lee Neeson's he is genuinely six foot four, and it's like you look nothing. And Bill Paxton, it's just like let's just throw three random guys together with no re- re- resemblance whatsoever. But <laughs> that's what they did in these movies. 
Yeah, you're right. It's almost halfway through, isn't it? It, it, Yeah. It just changes into an action movie. Probably, I'm theorizing, Chris, that maybe when you were younger, uh, maybe you just watched the second half. I'm thinking that as we're talking, honestly. It wouldn't be the first video that you'd fast-forwarded to the good bits. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) There's none of that in this, Dave, anyway. (laughs) But, yeah, and I, I was surprised when Ben Stiller got killed off. You know, like say, because he's the son. But then I was thinking, well, again, at this point, he's not really well known. He, he's just kind of a background character, and it was fairly obvious. Joey Rossellini was the one behind it all, you know. And I'm kind of thinking, why? I mean, Chris, we, we've been going on about like Goodfellas and stuff recently, haven't we? And the and the Sopranos. Can you imagine wanting to set up? this hillbilly right by killing off the son of the the head of the family that seems like a death sentence doesn't it yeah (laughs) (laughs) but but, but the premise of the movie's like fucking what's the name it's so paper thin dave you know it's like the fucking seattle dojos thing in it there's fucking slot machines (laughs) in pubs that's what they wrote i know it's all the stuff that comes off it's racketeering and all that but it's a very paper thin reason, and you're right. The reason to just pin it on these hillbillies is it's a stretch to say the least. Yeah, but you know, you say about the, the the stereotypes. You know, you've got the hillbilly stereotype, but then also he, when Swayze does go to see the head of the family, he's there in the kitchen making his pasta sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Oh, that is cringe. When when Truman goes in that barn, all the old blokes are playing dominoes and cards and that, and he's like, hey, uh, yeah, are you gambling? And then they're just like looking at him like, sure, you fucking dick. You know, and then, and then he gets that guy's like IOU thing or slip or whatever, and he's like, oh, where is? And he's doing, he's ripping it up, and he's like, where's Papa John? And then he comes, <laughs> like you say, fucking pasta, he's making your tomato sauce. And he's, it's so, I mean, he, he looks menacing, doesn't he? He yeah. does look like a proper. Yeah, I mean, I've seen yeah. him in loads of stuff. I think he was in The Godfather, but he he was genuinely a menacing-looking gangster, and he's a yeah. wily old guy who's been round the block. And then what happens is he realizes that something's up with this because with Lawrence being killed, he realizes that he's like, well, why would they kill him? He's got the shotgun. You know, mm. he's crying. He's like, go and kill him. But then he then puts a wire on one of his guys, doesn't he, to suck it. And, and Joey said, I mean, I've got to say, Dave, fucking Joey's there admitting to killing the head of the mod boss, like you've just said, in a restaurant with all these people. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then he fucking squealed, <laughs> you know, and all this. I'm like, that, there's just no way you would reveal. And then that guy rings him up and goes, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, Papa John, yeah, yeah, he's fucking talking. And you're just like, oh, this is going to take a twist now, isn't it? This is this yeah. is definitely... But there's a little bit of plot setting earlier on, Dave. So Ben Stiller's character, Lawrence, had nicked Joey's fucking office because he wanted a leather sofa, didn't he? And he's like, yeah, I want to be here. You're mm. never here. But there's this little bit of fucking plot setting where they're putting CCTV up, aren't they, in their fucking, like, base in this little warehouse... Dave, I'm not being funny. You watch stuff now on Facebook and they go, have you seen this man? And it's about as pixelated as you can fucking see in 2023. (laughs) The fucking CCTV was fucking beyond HD. Liam Neeson's fucking (laughs) Briar's character goes there, doesn't he? And he's fucking there. And you can see 
everything, even down to fucking what he's fucking wearing. And I'm like, fuck. I mean, I know it's a film. You've got to go with it, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> and they're all watching him on the CCTV. Joey's like setting him up. It's like the A-team, like, you go now, you two. Instead of just swarming him. But obviously, ultimately, Briar meets his maker, doesn't he? Which I, I mm. forgot. I thought he survived. I knew Gerald got taken out. I thought, but Briar actually dies, doesn't he? You know, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting it. Like no. I say, he just seemed to be the ultimate badass, you know. He, he was, and again, he was contrasting to uh, Swayze, you know, in, in terms of just that, the way they want to approach things. But, you know, again, there's nothing that gives our uh, main protagonist the motivation like the death, a death in the family. And so that's that's two brothers gone. And I'm like, ah. Right, right, okay. This is the whole uh, meaning of the title of the film. <laughs> yeah. You know, next of kin. And, uh, you know, I, so he's the remaining brother now, isn't he, Truman? And then it just goes full on over the top action. And, you know, you know I, I, don't, I don't know if I'd have it up there with the likes of Lethal Weapon. But again, I, I'm kind of mentally putting it in the space of a TV movie. Yes. And for a TV movie, that ending scene, you know, he just goes full on badass, doesn't he? You know, the, the reins are off. You know, he's been trying to do things. He's been trying to gather evidence, do everything by the book. But by the end, he's just taking some fucking names, isn't he? Yeah, and, and you know what, Dave? A bit of trivia there. He does say to one of the guys, they're coming for you, Willie. And he does say that in Ghost <laughs> as well, Dave, the next year. So that's oh, a little line yeah. he threw, through in both movies. But let me give you a bit of trivia as well. And I noticed this. I didn't even look up, need to look it up. But I've seen it straight away. So you know when um, the guy who runs Briar's fucking hostel or whatever he is, and he he, he gives him a number, done he say, any problems, you ring up the fucking, mm. you know, the kin, you ring up the family. And he rings, done and one of them answers. And the next minute, like, they're all there getting ready to go. They're coming from Kentucky, aren't they, to help fucking Truman. They know they've got to do it. Do you see the guy with the snake, Dave, who that was? The guy with the no. beard? Nope. Well, that was Patrick Swayze's brother, a.k.a. the world-class parachutist who made him and helped him do this skydiving in Point uh, Break. And also, the guy who feels that woman's tits for $20 in Roadhouse who hasn't uh. got the money. So they put a beard on him, and it's like, you look even more like Patrick Swayze here than he does in this movie because of the beard. He tried to hide it, but that was 100% his brother that day. So, yeah, a little nice. bit of trivia there. But when they're in the cemetery, aren't they, and he, he's lured them all, and he's and he, we'd had that little bit of plot setting again where, you know, he, he was an absolute marksman with a bow and arrow. He's showing the kid back in Kentucky after the funeral, isn't he, and all this. And, and you're like, oh, well, that's going to come in. Yeah, he's got two bow and arrows, Dave, and he's a fucking Olympic-level marksman taking he's out fucking the fucking Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, he has, yeah, he is. He's fucking Hawkeye. Yeah, very good one, man, Dave. He is Hawkeye, basically. But... What gets me is he's in the cemetery and the monitor just goes like, whatever the fucking noise is like, woof, 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 woof. And he's like, oh, hang on. I know that sound. It's my family. <laughs> Fuck off. And then they're doing bird noises. <laughs> oh, he's gone left. I better go left. And like, Fuck off. But I do think it's weak at the end when... You know, Joey basically has a fight with Truman, and Truman goes full on Dalton. Then he gets in the same stance as Dalton when he fights that guy at the end of Roadhouse, um, Jimmy. He gets the same stance, the, the, the way he stood, everything, the hair. I'm like, oh, he's gone full Dalton here. We're going to get, and he just levers him, doesn't he? But then fucking, 
you know, Papa John turns up in his limo, just casually strolling round while everyone hillbillies are there and holds everyone up. And you're thinking, you could see what was going to happen, didn't you, Dave? You could mm. see that there was there was going to be he wasn't going to take out Truman at all or the hillbillies, and he does, and he literally just turns the gun and said, "This is for killing my son." Gotta say, yeah. Dave, angle of the gun. The gun's at his hip, but for some reason he does a fucking Clint Eastwood or, or Marty <laughs> McFly and takes him out in the head and, and Joey's dead and there's a bit of a truce there. But what gets me, right, and I'll let you talk in a sec, is he goes to his missus at the end. So at the end, like, you know, he's lost Brian. She's talking to him and she's like, what about Brian? He goes, yeah, no, no, he's gone. You're my family now. And that's it. It's like, fuck my brother. He's fucking dead. I'm not asked about this brother. Yeah. He's dead. You're my family. And it, and as we've said, it ends like a TV movie. The fucking credits just roll with no real content. Other than the fact that it looks like he's given up his badge. I don't know. Because he's mm. given his badge up before all this. Any to that guy. I mean, that guy who, the guy he gives a badge to, Dave, is one of the, he's a terrible actor. He's like <laughs> shouting at him all the time. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he just gives well, him the badge. There's the angry cop sort of yeah, angry the, the, Cliche, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So sorry, I know I've jumped all over, but what did you think of that whole end bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you could sort of see it coming that that he's going to get like the head of the family is going to kill Joey off, um, and you know because he, he's kind of mafia, but he's respectable, isn't he? You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. So it, you could kind of see how it'd go there, and yeah, I, I just think you say about Dalton. I was kind of expecting some martial arts, some roadhouse-style martial arts, and it, it just never really came. So that's why I say if I if I compare it to a TV movie, then I, I thought the ending, the action was pretty good. But if I compared it to something like Roadhouse, it, it's not a patch on it. No, no, it's not. But, I mean, I'm, it's interesting because... I honestly thought you were going to come in here and fucking nail this to the cross and give me a right load of shit. <laughs> but he split it. I just think, I do agree, though. I think the end bit is the, the redeeming part of this movie. And I would watch it again. I genuinely would watch it again, but there's some really, really slow points to it. And if, I mean, it's, it's a shame it's not on YouTube because I think 1.5 speed would be the perfect setup for this one, Dave. <laughs> It'd be about an hour and 20. It'd be absolutely perfect. So, yeah, I, I'm, honestly, I'm, I'm quite surprised that you actually quite enjoyed this one. Yeah, and what I'd say is definitely f- for that first half, it doesn't pass the phone test, right? Yes. So y- yes. y- you, you're just sort of scrolling a bit on your phone and distracted a little bit. Whereas when you're really into a movie, you're, you're engrossed, aren't you? And you, you you don't think to to start flicking away on your phone and stuff. So, yeah, it doesn't do that. But but the second half is much stronger than the first. But Chris, yeah. should we get into our final review? Let's go. So, Dave, I need to have a serious talk with myself here and really think when it's my pick because <laughs> I'm running out of fucking good ones. Here. I, I, it's good just, ones? It, well, yeah. Even any which way you put loose was fucking called into question, <laughs> wasn't it? So, uh, no, I, I think this has just got some really slow bits to it. I love Swayze and, you know, he's a great 
sort of action star, really. So, I suppose he, for me, he was always the cheaper version of fucking Mel Gibson, I think, because I love Lethal Weapon so much. But Road, as I've got older, Roadhouse is one of my favourite 80s movies, without a doubt. I fucking love that movie. So, yeah, yeah such such a shame. And with such a good cast, you know, I knew who Liam Neeson was at this point. Bill Paxton, like you said, seen him in movies, but I was, I was just aware of who he was. Didn't know that any of the other cast, really. But it's got the ingredients of all the stuff that I should really like. But I think because of watching it this time, it's so slow. And I've not watched this. It must be 25 years, Dave. It must yeah. be. It's been so long. And I, I did rent this a few times. But I think the, the principle of the movie is great. I just think it's just proper TV in delivery and the budget show, shows at time. I don't know where, as you said before, with this snorting up the nose. I don't know. But something something's off with the production on this. But, yeah, it's a fun late 80s you know just as we tip into the 90s movie it's got everything you want if you want a bit of action stuff and it's just a throwaway uh, afternoon special so i think for me i'm going to put it in elm street dave i think it's not horrendous but there's some proper dicey bits as i said earlier so what about yourself very good so first off i i'd so I have to, you know, go back to what I said at the start. Came into this with no idea what it was. And you just, I'd looked at the VHS cover and I'm thinking, oh, fuck, this is going to be some cheapo Western shit. And so literally <laughs> sat down to watch it. And that's what I was expecting. And then it, when it's in like modern day, or quote unquote modern day, you know, late 80s, I'm like, oh, the fuck's this? So. I think straight off, it caught me off guard. And I think I like it when movies do that. You know, it, it just, and it wasn't terrible. Because <laughs> I was I was expecting it to be terrible. Like, I've, I've got my fucking grumpy face on, Chris. I'm like, <laughs> fucking Westerns. I know it, I know it, yeah. Chris has done me the fucking prick, yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> like, fuck my life. So... <laughs> So, yeah, I was kind of in, and, and obviously you see all of the tropes. There's nothing really original in this at all. You've got the the cop who's, you know, got a heart of gold and wants to play by the book, and but then, you know, he has a trauma and takes everyone's names at the end. You've got the stereotypical hillbillies. You've got the stereotypical mafia family. You know, it, it's all just thrown in there. And I, I just wish they'd have edited it down a little bit more. I think some of the scenes drag on. I think, you know, it, it just goes on for way too long without there being any action. I mean, you've got fucking Swayze there. You've got Roadhouse, dude. I mean, it probably, he'd probably already filmed Roadhouse, I imagine. Yeah. Before he filmed this one. But you would think, I mean, post roadhouse they probably wouldn't have even been able to afford him i wouldn't have thought so you know i, I just, just think there was something about it that i enjoyed however you know i do have to <laughs> take a step back and and say you know it's 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 because i think i've i've been taken by surprise but also i, I because of the look and feel of it i don't know whether it was the film that they shot it on the lighting combination of the two and uh, you know the the camera work and whatever it just all feels like a cheap production it feels like a tv movie which i'll quite happily and sit down and if i know i'm watching a tv movie i'll just take it as that and i'll adjust my expectations to it so i think that's why i'm quite forgiving of it and i'll probably watch this one again but i just think it, it probably elm street is fair right and because of 
you know, how it develops in the second half. I'd say it's almost upper end of Elm Street for me. But, um, yeah, I, 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 despite that scoring, though, I'm really glad you picked this one. This is a this is a bit of a gem. This one. This isn't like Chris searching for the worst martial arts movies ever. <laughs> this is something why, you, you know, going back, it's pure eighties. You know, yes, but also, you know, it's something that meant something to you. You loved it as a kid. Obviously, you know, it hasn't held up for you this time. But you know, they, but and I'd, I'd, I'd missed it out. I'd completely fallen off my radar. So yeah, that that's why. I, really enjoy this pick and, and i think that's what the, the principle of the, the podcast and all our you know patrons all our listeners who, who you know request stuff it's i love it when it's a movie we've never seen but it takes us by surprise you know both of us these some are fucking terrible but that which is you know the whole point of it like say chris definitely searches for the worst 80s martial arts movie when i want to stitch you up there's no i'm not even going to deny that but I genuinely think I love that. I love that one. Some movies, you know, it didn't really get me as it did when I was a kid, but it's got you and you've never heard of it. So yeah, that, that's the whole point. However, Dave, how ever it's your pick next. What so are I you going to pick? I think someone's had a sneaky look at the calendar. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So Chris, since day one, oh. this has been on our radar. And you know what? There have been so many people clamoring for this. And I've had people message me saying, you know what? I really want to pick this movie, but I don't want Chris to shit all over it. And I know he's <laughs> going to destroy it. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste my pick on it. So I am throwing myself on my sword, Chris. This is a classic, but it is kind of a family movie. Remember that we'll put a pin in that and we'll come back to it. Uh, when, when you've watched it, but this is an absolute classic, right? This is the 1985 adventure comedy film, The Goonies. Fuck off. <laughs> no, let's get into the trailer. Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film. Time chunk. Hey, Mikey! You can hear me! Run! Run! 
hidden clues. The treacherous traps. Hello, Sheriff. I'm at the Lighthouse Lounge, and I want to report for a murder. Just like that last prank about all those little creatures that multiply when you throw water on them. Take the oath. Join the adventure as Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film. Well, Dave, I saw the comments on Discord about this movie. And, and you're right. How many times do we have messages going, I just don't want to pick it. It's a favourite. <laughs> Chris is just going to shit in it. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to have my barrels ready if it's fucking terrible. Because don't forget, the only thing we, I struggle with with these sort of movies is when you're watching them for the first time. I'm 44 years old now, Dave, so it's it's difficult to sort of differentiate into it and go, oh, what would I have thought of this when I was 10 years old mm. or whenever it got? At 85, I would have been seven. So... Yeah, I know about the truffle shuffle, Dave, as I said, because people used to say it to me when I was a young chubster, when I was younger, Dave, as you pissed your pants when I told that story previously. Uh, I know about some of the characters in it. I think, isn't Ding in it, in Thanos in it? Josh, um, Josh Brolin? Yeah, 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 Josh Brolin's in it. I've, I've seen bits key, of it. Key Hyoi Kwan as well, who... It, it, one of the reasons that's prompted me... So I know why. The Oscars. Yeah, so yes. he, he's kind of come back to prominence again after all this time he plays data in this he's short round in uh indiana jones and the temple of doom and it's just so so fucking heartwarming uh just that the was journey that, that yeah. he's been on so yeah i just thought you know what fuck this I, this is my pick for this month this, this could be the end of the podcast though because it's been in <laughs> he's been a noose around my neck from the start on it because i've just shit on it from <laughs> pillar to post going i'm not fucking watching it well now i've got to watch it I, like i say i've seen bits of it and uh, you know what i've actually got bits of the movie you know why you're gonna fucking go chris you're a dick because there's a goonie slot machine in vegas dave and i played it <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason. Hey, you guys. That's the only really reason. I know some of the characters, that old woman, the Mar, is that whatever she's called? She's one yeah, of the fucking Mar. characters on the thing. So I'm fully the aware Fratellis. of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Fratellis. I'm fully aware of the movie, and I've seen little bits of it, but it, I fucking hate it. I just, no, 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 Dave. <laughs> Try and no. ignore the childhood trauma of the Truffle Shuffle, right? Yeah, well, yeah. The tr- just... <laughs> Keep an open mind. (laughs) Keep an open mind. Be well rested. Put your phone away. Transport yourself back to the mid-80s and watch this one. And Chris, I've not watched it for a couple of years now. Uh, So this this has been in fairly regular rotation, I would say. And so, yeah, I I can't wait to watch this one again. All right. Well, to be fair, E.T., I loved when I watched it. I'd never watched it either, so I really enjoyed E.T. So, all right, I'll go into it with a fair and open mind, Dave. That's all I'm going to say. Doesn't mean I'm going to like it, but I will (laughs) take that advice and I'll turn my phone off. So anyway... Thank you, guys, as always. Uh, I love talking about this, Dave. It's great today. Uh, if you want to support us, get over to patreon.com forward slash the VHS Strikes Back. If you want to email us, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. Please follow us on social media at VHS Strikes Back. So, the roll call of honor is Helen Dillon, Steve 
Trent, Dan, Justin, Susan, Timothy, Paul, Matt, Heath, Kent. I can't see, Dave, because what I've done is I've took my glasses off like a Muppet, thinking I can <laughs> see, and the fucking screen's tiny. So we'll say, Kent, look at Lou Green, Herb Jacks, Math Blake, John Hammond, and Mr. Tony Farina. So thank you so much, guys, for all your support. This is Dave getting me back after all these years and everyone listening with the Goonies. I know Mr. <laughs> Glyn Davis, one of our great friends on Twitter, has gone at me a few times about this one. So I will... I will go into it with an open mind. I won't go full on Chris Phelps. You know, we're sending Otto Alder on just this moment, Dave. So let's see. <laughs> well, with that, Chris, I do have to say that, you know, normally we'll try and stitch each other up and throw out some kind of quote from this movie. But, you know, the, the meme with SpongeBob when he's really excited and he just can't wait. I can't fucking wait for you to watch the Goonies now, so all I'm going to say is hey you guys <laughs> I forgot you didn't say truffle shuffle, anyway <laughs> see you Dave that's it man, it's game over man it's game over, what the fuck are we going to do now, what are we going to do maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh, why don't we try that we better get back because it'll be dark soon and they mostly come at night, mostly I'll be back. That's not. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. One ring to go. All right. Ding, ding. Bust you up. Go for it. Well, here we go. Truman Gates, a former U.S. Army Airborne Rager, Rager? Ranger. <laughs> Ranger. Yeah. Sounds so wrong. <laughs> Let me start that again.